Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what is going on? This is Jeff Harvin, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of the Steelers Preview, where we break down everything that's going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers, as well as in the offseason, we break down one specific position. But before we get into all that, joining me as always, my good friend, Brian Anthony Davis. What's going on, Brian? I am your very good friend. That makes me feel good. Thank you, Jeff. I uh, <laughs> Now I, I don't have to have the Billy, Billy Madison wall over in the corner of like, people to kill, and now I can like cross you off of that. You putting so lipstick on while you do yeah. <laughs> With ELO playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just... I just made my kids watch. Not made my kids. I let my kids watch that the other day. I'm watching this. I'm like, oh, this is <laughs> this is weird. Yeah, it's it's there's some weird parts. Well, good to have you with us, my good friend Dave, Deputy Dave Schofield. What's going on? Not too much. Just holding it down, waiting, waiting for the breaking news to happen now because it's always happening during our podcast the last couple of nights. So uh, the Steelers swear, haven't man. made much of a splash today. So we're going to hear no. it now. Dave, you're key. You kill me. I re-listen to all of our shows, like the Q and A with Tony and Brian. Your show this day. Every time we have the preview, I'm like, "What's going on, Dave?" I'm like, uh, nothing. I guess I'm fine. Like, man, come on, let's get excited. <laughs> For once, there's news. It's great. <laughs> I get to be home all the time. Oh wait, I'm always home anyway. Exactly. Um, I'm exactly. just excited about Steelers stuff. I mean, that's right. How there's something to talk be about tonight when I got the. Well, I'm just saying, last night I got to sit there and just hear numbers and speak numbers and everything Ugh. about numbers uh, with Ian being on. So uh, how that am I supposed to get tough. excited about this? That was tough. I got to be honest. I, got, I told Dave before we went on the air, I was like, Dave, you should probably just go on for me because I've always I said I told you I would have done it. I know you would have. I know you would have. But for me, it's like I, I'm that guy that. I don't want to hear about the numbers. Just tell me who we have and let's talk about football. And that's what we're going to do on this show. We're going to talk about football. And the question that was posed in the title of this episode is very tough to say right now, because we haven't even been a week in a free agency, but I would say guys, would you agree or disagree? The first wave is done. Yes. That the I first wave of free agency is done. Yeah. Cause you still have some, you have still have some names out there. And we ran that article on behind the steel curtain.com today, this afternoon about the best players left, like the best of what's around. And so I'm kind of figuring out, I think the first wave is done. So let's say after the first wave of free agency, looking at players lost players gained who or do, I'm saying, do you feel that the Steelers roster is improved at all? Now, this is going to change. We know they're going to bring in probably a couple other players, but has their roster gotten better or gotten worse? Let's start with you, Brian. What do you think? I have to say it's gotten worse because not every hole has been filled. So, um, yeah, I, I can't really. Now, I don't think another week from now I'll be saying that. But I, it's just not over enough for me to have to say, yeah, it's completely improved. You have improvement at one position, but you've you've lost uh, you've lost on the offensive line, and it's not clear whether those guys are officially coming back. That's been tendered. You know, one guy's coming back, and that's Bud Dupree because he was he was franchise tagged. He should be coming back unless they pull some shenanigans and. And uh, do something like a trade there. But, you know, um, with everything I'm saying right now, it's I'm still in a holding pattern. But I, I think the arrow is pointing up. 
Yeah. I, I, okay, Dave, what are your thoughts before I give you mine? Okay, well, they've lost two starters, correct? One to retirement, one to free agency. Unless, well, I don't know, would you consider Mark Barron a starter? Oh, shit, I was thinking Javon Hargrave. I guess you could no, say... That's who they lost free agency. Right, no, I know. Yeah. I'm saying, I, I, I guess, when you Ramon said Foster. second start, Foster, yes, absolutely a starter when he was yeah. healthy. Yeah. Um, and Hargrave was, he was technically your starting nose tackle when you started in base. And, and so they lost the key reserve. Yes, and and the key reserve. So it's funny because I don't know that they're they've improved their roster, but with but now they're sitting with some calories. I'm gonna mess it up. They say the wrong thing. Salary <laughs> cap space. There we go. There I thought you were gonna say um, calories. I was like, yeah, oh, calorie sap. I've said it's that times on the stat. That's game. my kind of show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I almost got ahead of myself there. So they they the thing is is that they've made the moves. I mean, especially with last night with the Mark with Marquise Pouncey, Steelers were under. They were under and, and okay. And then they add Pouncey to it. So that it's one of those things of well, then they must maybe have something in mind. So I don't know that they're I don't know that their roster is better, but I think their situation is better because they will they they have a they do have a little bit of freedom right now. I don't think anyone can say right now that their roster is better. And, you know, I'm the one that thought of the headline, but at the same time, I think it's just to, to create some discussion between the three of us, uh, because they, like you said, they, they lost potentially three starters. And so when you lose three starters and you're bringing in the only player that you bring in and let's not count, I'm not counting Bud Dupree as like a free agent signing or they're keeping him, even though he was an unrestricted free agent because he never left. Um, but you've only bring in a fullback special teams ace. Although he's going to play, he's not he's not going to be a regular on the field, in my opinion. So because of that, and it's only one player, by the way, I'm going to say that there's no way that they've improved their roster yet. But like Brian said, you asked me in a week, next week on this show, and we might be singing a completely different tune because, as Dave said, they have created some salary cap space. Lance says in the live chat that it's about $7.6 Is that correct? That Dave? is incorrect. Ah. That, that, you know, um, according to Ian. Okay, well, what is eleven point four? Woo! They're good. They're yeah. did they they have not restructured to it or DeCastro though have they? They have not. And can so I? They could. Go can ahead. I just say something? And you know something I've said a lot. And to correct Dave and Big Brosco, um, let's rewind a little bit. <laughs> let's go back and say with what money? I told you they will find a way to find money. No, Omar no, Khan no. makes you're it still work. Wrong. You're still no. wrong. See, you guys, they found $23 million again? only because there was a new CBA. That okay. was the stipulation. <laughs> They've made 23, they found $23 million in restructures that they couldn't have done otherwise. <laughs> so find a way to get things done. Only because do. there's a new CBA. If there wasn't, they were screwed because there's 23 million they couldn't have got. What, what was the salary cap before the CBA? No, it's it's being able to restructure. They couldn't restructure salaries. If yeah, it was I, I, underst I understand that, but they still find a way. If this was any other year and it wasn't a salary cap and they were sitting there, they would have restructured yeah, they, things. Yes, and exactly. Made it and I agreed with you, but I said it all depends on the CBA. If they didn't get the CBA, there's no way they could have made, you know, what's what's the number I have? Right? Yeah, like over over $23 million they've saved in, in the six restructures. Did they, they restructure and find a way? Because of a new TBA. Hold yet. on. Stop, stop. You guys are both right. That's the thing. Exactly. Brian's right. Point. 
Brian's right because they always find a way. Dave's right because the CBA being signed helped them find a way. You're both right. You're yelling at each other about the same thing. So let's move on and get past <laughs> it. And let's, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm talking with my children right now or my students. Anyways, next question for me, for you all is, since we all agree that right now the roster is not better, what scares you or what, do you, do you have any trepidation about, my goodness, they lost a lot here or there, and I'm not sure if they're going to be able to get this through free agency because they're freeing up space for something. We know that. And the NFL draft. So, Dave, I'll start with you this time. What area about this team makes, makes you pause a little bit? Makes me pause. I don't like the interior offensive line depth. We Just the depth? I mean, for crying out loud, they don't have a starter. Well, but, well yeah, that's – well, it all depends on how you're going to play it. You have That's a starter. I mean. You have a starter. So I'm more concerned about interior, but it's still across the board, if you know what I mean. Because once you bump Filer down, then that's one less tackle. They did, you know, they, they did keep Banner for a reason to have. I mean, I don't think anyone, unless between Banner and Chooks, both of them aren't going to have to start this year, barring injury. So you're only talking about one of them have to, or neither if Filer stays a tackle and they have another answer at guard. There's there's a lot of question marks there. How they're going to move it. I like that Filer could go either place, so it gives you some freedom, but you you need to do something there. Okay. Um, J.C. Hassenauer is the backup center now, right? Is that, did I say yes. his name correctly? Yes. Does anyone know, either you or Brian, does he have position versatility? Can he play guard as well as center? Does anyone know? I don't know anything about this guy. All I know <laughs> is, Brian, do you know anymore? I, I only know him as a center. He didn't even, he wasn't even on the practice squad until partway through the season. I only right. remember him as a center, but, uh, you know, for some reason, I'm thinking that he has that kind of versatility, but we've only seen him in Pittsburgh as a center in preseason action. Yeah. Okay. Reed Overand, who is a loyal listener viewer, he says he did in the AAF. So we'll see. I, I got to think that they're, that's important for me because, you know, Dave, you bring up a great point about the interior depth um, along that offensive line. But what about you, Brian? Is there anything about this, how everything's panned out with the players that have left compared to the players that are still here any holes on the roster that make you kind of like that's a red flag chooks for scares the living bejesus <laughs> out of me but why I, you and lance are you and i've never understood here. that like, but, i don't understand why like yeah. what about him has has caused every you time such... he started he's played well i see i saw him with false starts i've seen him with penalties i just saw him look trepidatious i really I just no i i don't like I really don't like his game and that's just my opinion. And I agree with Lance and I have no problem. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think he's terrible. I like Zach banner better at that position as a tackle more than I like Chooks core for. Cause I don't think Chooks is good when they signed him. He was a, uh, I not signed him when they uh, drafted him. He was a, they threw out the word project. And he plays okay. like a project. No, you're right. You're right. But let me ask you this, Brian. I'm not disagreeing with you. And I think it should be an open competition for right tackle if they are indeed moving Filer into guard. However, what about Zach Banner's play has made you uber confident in his ability? I just think he he seems like a stronger tackle. I, well, I uh, Let's be honest, though. Last season, when he was on the field, how many times did he backpedal? Rarely. 
I don't I, have I'm, that I'm, answer. I'm not, I'm not mad at you. It's just one of those situations I where I feel are. like <laughs> I think it's I think it's an even match between these two guys because Zach Banner, everyone loved him, and he's a very likable guy, and he's super funny. He did that video around Christmas time where he was downtown Pittsburgh handing out terrible towels and asking. like He's a great guy, oh, and he has that moxie. Video. Yeah, and that, that's exactly. All, that's all awesome and that's all and good, great, but, but when, whenever about- he was – I know, but whenever he was eligible, you know, I'm doing it on the, if you're not watching live on YouTube, I'm doing the hand sign for an eligible receiver. He was always run block, run block, run block, run block, which is great. I think that his struggles are in pass block. Yeah. So we never got to see him do that. Now, Dave, you know more about the line than I do. Am I right or am I far off base here? No, you were spot on with saying not being able to see him do it. We can't say that he can or can't because we didn't really get much. I mean, there, there's different types of pass blocking. because, And the thing is, a lot of times out of that jumbo package, when you're even when they did throw the ball, they're not throwing it away that it's just we're flat up, you know, dropping back, forming the pocket in order in order for him to go. You're you're trying to deceive. So your your linemen are even firing off the ball a little bit, uh, you know, trying to do a play action, you know. If for the linebackers reading the linemen, seeing if they're if they're dropping back or, or what they're doing, so you're right. He didn't do much of that, you know, uh, five, you know, three step, five step, step, you know, position to take on the pass rush that you would want out of a tackle. Now, I think the fact that we're having this debate, Brian, shows that this is an issue. <laughs> this is an yeah, issue that, in 2020. And I from, even from think... what I've gathered, Brian, let me ask you this question. You know the upcoming players better than I do. Dave, if you can chime in as well. Is this not a better tackle group coming up in the draft than guard? Absolutely. Oh, it's a it's a phenomenal. And in the front, uh, there's about four or five first rounders that will probably go before number 20. If there's oh, a, you, Okay. If you go start, ahead. you might running, have double-digit tackles. You might have double digit tackles before you hit an interior lineman in the draft. Yeah, there's there so, is definitely the, the potential for a run in the first mm-hmm. round. Okay, with that said, you know, everyone Lance has said it in the live chat. Other people have chimed in, in the live chat and said, look at offensive guard in the second round for the Steelers' first pick of the draft. I say if you're gonna move Matt Filer to guard and you trust him there, and tackle is the position that you might be able to get someone with really that's really good that just is not a top, top tier tackle. You might be able to look at tackle. And if you have a day one guy that can come in and play right tackle, maybe that's your answer too. This is what the, these are some of the things we're going to talk about throughout the off season, but still it's something to think about in regards of looking at the positions that are deep in this upcoming draft class and matching them with what the Steelers need. So it all depends on if Filer is good enough to play guard and be athletic enough to pull there and be able to do everything that's asked of that left guard spot, can they maybe find a right tackle in the draft that'll potentially push a guy like Zach Banner out off the roster? You know, you Um, never know. Brad, who sent us a mock draft, and he's working on another one uh, in the live chat, he just said his number is 13 tackles that he has before an interior alignment. Now, but the thing to remember about that is, People keep saying, like when this, a lot of people were projecting Steelers with a tight end, oh, it's such a weak tight end class. You're talking about guys for first round. Steelers don't have a first round pick. That doesn't mean that guys that you could get at 49 aren't good players. They just, you, I mean, 
How many mock drafts have I seen in doing the mock draft Mondays where the Steelers have their choice at tight end because none of them have been drafted by 49? It doesn't mean that there's not one worthy at 49. I mean, if you go on to, I haven't done it for a couple of weeks. I know Brian and I looked at last year, CBS Sports had all of their, all of their, their players ranked accordingly and their number, their uh, the last time I checked it, their number 49 guy, which would have been to the Steelers, was the guard slash center from Wisconsin that I can't say his name. Um, and he was the best interior, interior <laughs> offensive lineman. It's not even a difficult name. I just can't say it because Brian, Brian knows how I am. I mean, I don't know if he's still number 49, but that's just saying is that even in that position, there might it might be really deep a tackle, but they might take a lot of the tackles. And next thing you know, you get the best guard in the draft, although it is a second round talent. So it, it's really tough to look at like that. Oh, Reed's got it. I can't read. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Blade? Yeah, I can't say yeah, it. Right. No, that's not, that's an I know it to read it, but I'm not going to pronounce is, it right. <laughs> I don't know. Happy birthday to Brad Jewett, by the way, who I think I saw him say it was his birthday earlier in the uh, live chat. Happy birthday birthday, to Brad. He's a longtime listener of the show. Good support. We appreciate that. Everyone wish him a happy birthday there if you're watching live on YouTube. You know, the position that kind of gives me a little hesitation is now inside linebacker. That was my next one. You know, because I saw someone on, on Twitter. I'm not sure who it was. It wasn't just like a fan. It was someone that's maybe on the radio or on television in Pittsburgh. And they said, you know, it seemed like Mark Barron was signed almost as a, a, like an insurance policy for Devin Bush and Devin Bush proved he can play. I mean, it's okay. So that makes Mark Barron expendable and they cut him. They save cap space. We get all that. At the same time, I sit there and wonder, well, I hope the second year linebacker is ready for that. You know, Devin Bush did not play extensive snaps as much in the second half as he did in the first half. Some people thought that was more of a demotion. Mike Tomlin said it was more of him managing his snaps and making sure that he's fresh. It's a longer season than college. All that stuff is very well known, but guys, I mean, now with Baron gone and Matakevich gone, you're looking at Ulysses grant. <laughs> Gosh, Brian, you did it again. <laughs> Ulysses S grant. <laughs> The love child of Ulysses <laughs> and, and Marcus, Marcus Gilbert, Gilbert. <laughs> oh who is God. a free agent right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. We don't want him. Um, so Ulysses Gilbert the third. Is there another inside linebacker on this roster that is of note? Yeah, yeah. Hey. Robert Spillane. They, uh, okay, they, I said they of note on Robert Spillane, but you know, um, I mean he he was on the he he was on the fifty three last year and game day active just as a special teamers after Gilbert was put on IR. So they're, they're basically somewhat equivalent. I mean, that that, right, that's, a, that's a position that's going to need to be addressed in my opinion. I mean, my gosh, you can't <laughs> Robert Spillane. Mm-hmm. No, he's not going to be the answer at depth no. at both inside linebacker positions. So what, it's going to be was Tyler Medikavich. Yeah. The answer at depth at the inside linebacker. You, no, no, but that, no, he wasn't. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't. He I, was not. I, I couldn't believe he got as much money as he did. Mark this down. I agree with Dave. Uh, that's exactly what I was going to say next. Matt 1911. Kevich, when he was in there. 1911 on the recording. Good gravy when you saw that guy in there. I mean, they, LJ Fort is the guy that, that they really did not need to get rid of. And they, they could have kept him for so cheap. They could, he was a fraction of, a fraction of what they paid for Chicolo. And they chose to keep Chicolo. No, granted, they didn't have a lot of depth at that position at the time uh, over Fort. So, yeah, we kind of wish we could have him back right now. 
It's going to be interesting. Now, I wanted to kind of move from this conversation, which, by the way, I have to bring this up. Kaysen Wright says, my girlfriend's hating every second of me listening to all you, you, all you argue. <laughs> and we argue well, very little, actually. No. Yeah, yeah, you're actually right. It's always Dave and Brian. It's very rarely me. I'm more the... I, I was know. ready to argue with you today on Twitter, on texting, though. <laughs> Who? You. Me? Yeah. yeah we don't, wanna, we don't want to spoil that. You got to save that for tomorrow night. Save tomorrow that for night. Lance. What's tomorrow night? Oh. oh, save that for Lance. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, Are we okay, supposed okay. to agree on everything? Are we supposed that to makes have for boring. That, that makes for boring. That makes for boring shows, in my stuff. opinion. And everyone, everybody thinks that when Dave and I go at it, that we like hate each other, and then oh, we no. get off, we click <laughs> off, and we're laughing. Jeff <laughs> goes away, uh, yeah. and Brian and I keep talking. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's always my internet connection it gets really shoddy. Anyways, yeah. um, so with. <laughs> I want to ask Dave, you wrote this article for the website this morning. It ran, and that was about compensatory picks. Cause yes. right now you can kind of start that equation. You can kind of piecing the, the puzzles together before we get to where the Steelers sit. Brian, you see teams like the Baltimore Ravens, New England Patriots, they rack up comp picks. I know that it's not in the forefront of a team's thought process, or at least not the Steelers typically, but should it weigh into the factor of, okay, who we're going to lose, who we're going to keep? Should comp picks weigh into that, in your opinion, Brian? I don't think so. I think that's just... You think about the comp pick when you're trying to figure out around week 8, week 9, week 10, whether you're going to get rid of Dante Moncrief or not. You you might look at that. But you know the moves that you're making now, you're, you're not looking at the future for that. That's, that's just... You know that's a little extra. That's uh, that's more incentive to stop the bleeding that you have something coming next year. But you're planning for 2020, not 21, with a comp pick, because uh, you know in some situations that's a sixth round comp pick. Um, yeah. For some, I mean, who is it? The Finney's what? What is Finney a sixth round comp pick? So if you end up with a six, and that's the guy you get. You're not going to get rid of a quality player because you're not going to. Uh, you're, you're still going to try to keep that quality player, not to just get a sixth round pick later on. So that that's kind of the way way I'm looking at there. Um, one of the reasons that they also, you know, you look at a team like New England and Baltimore, they make a lot of trades. So when they make a trade, that's not losing a guy where they're giving up somebody, um, they're bringing somebody in via trade. So that doesn't affect their comp picks. So Calais Campbell, that's not a free agent coming in. That's So that doesn't affect that at all whatsoever. So they're getting a guy, but that's not going to uh, keep them from uh, gaining a sixth rounder or a fourth rounder or what have you. Okay. Dave, you agree or disagree? I think... I, I agree somewhat for the most part. I think the advantage is there to, to grab once it presents itself, meaning the Steelers shouldn't be thinking about the comp pick, but now that Javon Hargrave is gone, that's something that you, you know, is kind of, is kind of worth remembering. That's going to be a third round. You know pick. what I'm saying? What's that? In my opinion. That's going to be a third. I think that's going to be a third is, round. It, honestly, it's right on the cusp. It's right on the cusp between being a, the the last third round pick or the top fourth round pick, most likely. Over the cap right now has it as a fourth. I'm thinking of it as a fourth because I'd rather undervalue than overvalue. Um, 
because with the 13 million a year, if it was 13, five, he'd be up to a three, you know? Um, so it's really close. So in other words, not only do you want to see Javon Hargrave make that money, you want to see him as a pro bowler because that's yeah. going to, that, that's going to move that up a little bit. So, so you, why don't you, why don't you go um, into where the Steelers are right now? after the first wave of okay. free agency is over in terms of compensatory picks projections. Well, well, bottom line is, and this is something that I wrote in the article about some misconceptions about, about the comp picks is it's not about the biggest thing is net loss players versus net gain players. Because last year when the Eagles first cut LJ Ford and everyone's like, Oh no, that's going to drop our comp pick from a third round to a fifth round. No, it doesn't drop your comp pick in round. It's either third round or no pick. The Steelers had no net loss. So you have to lose more players than what you gain. Once you have that net loss, then you figure out what rounds those are. So the Steelers have now have a net loss of four, or not a net loss. They have a loss of four and a gain of one for a net loss of three. So their one gain is Derek Watt. Their three losses are Javon Hargrave, uh, Sean Davis, Tyler Medikavich and BJ Finney in that order. Now, Davis is an interesting one. I didn't want to dive too much into this in the article, but Davis, they you have, he has a value right now of what he would be comp pick wise. That his could change a ton to where he doesn't even count because his contract is so incentive laden. Um, if he doesn't earn those incentives, or if because it's so many incentives, it makes them easy to cut him, then he's just out of the equation. It doesn't matter. But for right now, Derek Watt is coming in at the very is either a sixth or a seventh round. He's right on the right on the cusp. So me, I always I always estimate the worst for the Steelers. So if Watt's a six, he cancels one of the six, which would be Finney, and the Steelers would have right now two fours and a six. Is what it would be. And don't forget if somebody signs Artie Burns, that yes, helps. Artie Burns, Nick Vanette. That's right. Um, Jordan Dangerfield, if any of those three go somewhere else. Now, remember, if the Steelers sign them, it just means they didn't lose them. It doesn't hurt against a player gained because they were theirs last year. So that's that's it. So, I mean, the Steelers could go out and sign two other free agents, and unless they got a salary that puts them up into the fourth round range, which would mean they're paying somebody, you know, eight or more million dollars a year, um, they're not canceling Hargrave, and that's the one that they would end up most likely being able to keep. So it's a very flux situation as players it is. Even come. And the thing is, is that it to me, once the NFL made the rule change that these picks can be traded, it made them that much more important. You know, it used to be that if you got a comp pick that was your pick, your pick only, and it stayed at that position no matter what. But now that you can trade these picks, to me, I'm like, well, now there's a little bit more value. Now you can package these picks, these extra thirds or fourths, and they become valuable yeah. to a lot of teams. So we'll see how that goes, and we'll keep you updated yeah. here on Steelers Preview. But one of the things that we do every offseason – go ahead, Dave. you want to say something else? Oh, no, I was on? just going to say more picks is always good because I know – when, when I've talked with Flip, he didn't like moving up for Devin Bush last year because he said it was such a deep draft. It was a great draft to move back. But my thing with that is the Steelers had 10 picks. You want to move back and pick up another pick or two? What are you going to do with 12 picks? Because yeah. they had 10 picks, that's the perfect time to move up because you didn't need to draft 10 players. So if you can add you know, two or three comp picks along with the seven 
you know, or, you know, depending on anything else you gain or lose that you have, that just allows you to package stuff and, and, and make a move. And that gives us two extra guys come July to uh, just mm-hmm. completely decipher to lose them forever come September. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good, good answer. We'll keep you up to date on that. But all, something else we do on the Steelers preview show every week is we diagnose and break down one specific position. And I figured, you know what, with all the excitement around this player, why don't we preview the fullbacks today? <laughs> I don't, is there any other fullback on the roster currently? No. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. That's what I was hoping for. So with that guys, Brian, we'll start with you. What was your reaction when the Steelers did two things? One sign Derek Watt Two, release Roosevelt Knicks. They obviously went hand in hand, but what were your thoughts when this all went down? Hated to see Rosie go. One of my uh, favorite players, uh, but it's a business and Obviously, he uh, they did not feel that he was healing well enough. They got rid of him. You bring in somebody that we know from a class family because we we have one of the Watts. Watts happening going on in uh, Pittsburgh now as you have two Watt players. I like this guy, but I also liked him from what I saw of him when he was playing for San Diego slash Los Angeles. I, I just think he is more of a traditional fullback. He's a good special team player. He's uh could help that running game as well. And I like the fact that there's another Watt in there too, because I, I I you know I kind of like the dynamic of having those guys there. And uh hey, it beats having two Edmonds. <laughs> Which they still do. For now. <laughs> For now. Dave, what are your what were your thoughts when the Derek Watt signing went down? I'm going to throw you the same number I threw out on StatGeek, 64. And that is four years in the season, in the NFL, 16 games six, for 64 total. He's never missed a game. And although, you know, Rosie's missed one here, here or there before this past year, this past year is, is really what it comes down to. And I mean, he had just been made special teams captain and didn't even really get to enjoy that. And then we, we know he asked for his release. You don't know exactly the timing of it. Was it before the Watt signing? Was it after? I'm assuming it was after, because um, I don't know why he'd want to go anywhere if he was the only fullback. But um, I'm sad to see Rosie go, but I actually, you know, it's people talked about, oh, Derek Watt to the Steelers weeks ago. And I, I didn't really think anything of it, because I'm like, yeah, I don't know that they'll do that for a fullback when they don't have any money. Then they sign a new CBA. They can restructure deals, as we had yep. talked about. And, you know, their free agent signing is less per year than anybody that they've lost so far. Like Finney's the lowest contract that they've lost so far at $4 million a year. And Watts comes in at, at $3.25. Um, and only just barely over a $2 million cap hit this year. So I it, it's when the Steelers signed Steven Nelson last year, how many people knew that name? How many Steeler no. fans knew that name? I I didn't. I'll be honest. Few, very few. I mean, some even some of us, you know, did or didn't know that name. But guess what? Almost everybody knew Derek Watt. So it's something that did excite the fan base. But I don't know. He, him, and Tyler Medikavich were tied for special teams tackles last year. So he he fills that void as a, as a special teamer, and you you have a fullback that. 
maybe maybe they're wanting to do something different with it this year. It's fun. It's something good to talk about. We'll see if it really trans. I don't. I don't know that the move translates to any more victories on the field. Right. No. And it's a fullback. But you know, my opinion. You can go and listen to our special Homer and Hater show that went after the standard as a standard last night. Myself and Lance went back and forth. Lance is still in the live chat, spouting off about it. He doesn't like this. The pickup. I'm pretty sure the answer was 16, Lance. How many? Sorry. (laughs) Okay. Um. Anyways. Um. I, I just looked at this pickup and said, how might the Steelers utilize him in the offense in 2020? So what does maybe Derek Watt bring to the table in an offensive standpoint that maybe Roosevelt Knicks never did? So for instance, one of the things, which by the way, I wanted to mention this, the NFL is giving away game pass for free right now until I think, which by the way, that could be an article, Dave. Um, they're giving it away for free right now. I think until like May, May 31st. If you've never experienced Game Pass, go on. You can create your own account and you can watch any game film from like, I don't know how many years it goes back, but you can watch the all 22 footage. Go back and look for yourself. You know, this is the time to create your own opinion of someone like Derek Watt because you can go back and look at the LA Chargers from last season. You can go back to even when they were in San Diego and say, what does he do well? What does he not do well? What did they ask him to do compared to what the Steelers might ask him to do? Now, that's my question here. Roosevelt Nix was not used that often last year because he was hurt. In 2018, I felt that they used him more, and James Conner had a really good year. I could be wrong. Maybe it's just my perception. Could Derek Watt be the athletic enough to be that fullback that's in the eye formation and they kind of move him out to the edge? You see that happen a lot with tight ends in the NFL today. They want the single back look. They want the extra tight end, but they don't want to, like you always said, Dave, Zach Banner's on the field. What are they going to do? They're going to run the ball. So they have some options. I know he's not necessarily known for his hands. I don't know if he can't catch, though. Maybe they didn't ask him to catch. So, Brian, what are your thoughts on that in terms of Watt in the offense? What might they be able to do? you know, with him that maybe they didn't do with Knicks in the past. I don't know his catching numbers, but from what I understand that he is a pretty good, um, he's pretty good receiver out of the backfield. Um, Dave could probably give us those numbers, but let me just throw this in real quick. If you remember the Super Bowl, a guy like Kyle Juszczyk, and we've known of this guy for a while because he played in Baltimore and he's done well with San Francisco. He's very valuable in that Super Bowl because they used him um, quite a bit as a, uh, a pass catching threat. We've seen Rosie a couple times, um, once or twice over the last couple of years, have a receiving touchdown. I remember that that uh, huge Baltimore game right after Shazier went down. He had a huge touchdown in that game. So it's uh, it's something that, jeez, uh, really. Um, <laughs> That just came out of the corner of my eye. <laughs> Good Lord. You know, you know, there, there should be a tracker every week, whether I'm smiling or not, because if I'm not smiling and I'm concentrating and then like, Oh, bad's in a bad mood, bad, sad, blah, blah, blah. No, <laughs> no, I did not have a colonoscopy. Good Lord. Yeah. Um, anyways, I was looking know, at numbers. I hadn't he, seen it. He, he, he's a good receiver. You know, I mean, he's, yeah. he, I think he opens up more of a traditional running game for this team <laughs> that they didn't have last year because they had Roosevelt Knicks on the pine because he was hurt and they had nobody to plug in. 
The yeah. closest thing they had was Sutton Did you want Smith. The numbers? Yeah. Yeah. Good. The last year was his worst receiving year because he owned he was he had three receptions on five targets, meaning on on actual receptions. <clears throat> for, for his career, it's 10 receptions on 13 targets. So, you know, a catch rate of over 75%. Um, but the one thing that they, they do with him that they didn't ever do with Knicks is he had seven rushes last year. You know, um, he only played 122 offensive snaps in, in almost said San Diego, but I caught myself in Los Angeles or for Los Angeles. So 122 offensive snaps, but he was either targeted or given the ball 12 times. That's, you know, 10% of the time being on the field, actually having the ball in his direction. That's way more than we the ever saw with Roosevelt Knicks. Now, but the question is, that's just how they used him. The question is, how will the Steelers use him? Do they have a different plan with fullback or did it, was it just a, a happy signing? That we, we don't have the answer to that yet, unfortunately, but I, I think that he gives them more versatility at the position. And I said last night on our show, in my opinion, this signing kills two birds with one stone. You lose Tyler Medikevich, who is your special teams ace. Roosevelt Nix was a fullback that was always hurt. You get a fullback and a special teams ace with one guy. You would, you're paying him less than you day paid those two guys. So go ahead, Dave. Yeah, that was going to be my one thing. What would you have rather had? Tyler Matakevich for four and a half million a season or Derek Watt for three and a quarter for for the season? So I'd say and, sign me up for that. And is this a move down the road to uh, give <laughs> give uh, TJ extra incentive to stick around? We we teased that on, you know, on Stat Geek. I mean, you can think about it. I don't know if you really not. would, but... But you know what? I mean, it's are you building something? And, you know, I mean, of course, you know, everybody threw out now, hey, let's go get JJ. You know, that's not going to happen. It would be awesome to think about. Yeah. Uh, we'd really have Watts happening. But, uh, you know, I mean, is that something that uh, those guys value sticking around? And uh, it seems like a guy like TJ is going to want to stay here anyways. So, but is that in the back of their mind? Hey, we'll, br well bring this guy in as well. I'm not saying it's it, it happened. I'm not saying it could, but everyone knows if Ben likes you, you're on the team. You know, if if, if Ben wants you on the team, you're on the team. Who is about to be, who is about to become, if not already, just not in salary yet, the Ben Roethlisberger of the defense? Absolutely. TJ Watt. TJ Watt. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. If TJ Watt says, "I want my brother on the team," I don't know that that happened, but I'm just saying. If, if he did, then if I was the Steelers, I'd think about it. Well, you know, just the, like they think about whatever Ben wants. How often does an NFL player get to actually play with their biological brother on the same team? I know it's happened before. Obviously, the Edmund yeah. brothers are on the Steelers. And I know it's happened prior to them, but it's rare. Seattle right brother. now. It's rare. And I think mm -hmm. it's special for some of these guys. So um, loyalty is going to be something we bring up in the after party. So make sure you check us out there. But we're not finished with this show yet. Um, I want to do our, you guys have trivia. Oh, I got good stuff. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah. All right. Hold on. Let me put on the, I got two different ones. If you want the imaginary dunce cap is going on as I'm the <laughs> idiot of the group. So why don't we go ahead, Dave and fire Brian, do you have some just so I know? Yeah, I have a small one. Um, I'm kicking around in my head. He's talking about trivia, not. Brian. <laughs> yeah. If it were the after party, if it were the after party. <laughs> yes, that is what she said, guys. Um, <laughs> 
I'll cheer up, Brian, for crying out loud. Goodness what? gracious. <laughs> that colonoscopy was hours ago. <laughs> All right, Dave, go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. Um, uh, I'll do the fun one first. Okay. This is in honor of Ramon Foster. Okay. Ramon Foster played how many seasons for the Pittsburgh Steelers? 2009. So, uh, Jeff is correct. Brian's going to get it in 2009 to 2019. Uh, that's 11. Yeah, 11. Yeah, you said the right number. You, Brian said the right number of when he started. Jeff said the right number of how many seasons. Yeah, that was 11 seasons. Ramon Foster was undrafted. Can you name the other four Steelers that played more seasons? Who were undrafted? Say that again. Who were the other four Steelers who played more seasons than remote for the Steelers than Ramon Foster, and they were undrafted? Some of these are easy. I can give you two off the top of my head. Okay, I'll give you the hard one first. Greg Warren. Greg Warren, that is one. Very good. And he played Donnie twelve Shell. And Donnie Shell played fourteen seasons. James Harrison. That's James Harrison also played 14 seasons. And this is the difficult one. Sometimes I get those seventh round, sixth and seventh round guys mixed up. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. Um, I'm thinking I'm probably this is, is it I modern, this one modern no. era or older? No, older. Not 40s or something, but it was, so it's like he started Dick Shiner, with Dick Shiner's in, era. <laughs> there is a guy named Big I'm pretty no, sure no, no. <laughs> he no he played in the Super Bowl era he you know four four Super Bowls I'm gonna go with Dwayne Woodruff uh, it was not Dwayne Woodruff I don't know how many seasons he played if he's on this list um because I was looking at undrafted guys um you ready for it now give it give us a position okay. give us an offense oh, or defense. I'll give you the position. Okay. Well, give me just a second. Um, he was a guard. Sam Davis. No, no clue. That is correct. May you rest in that peace. Wow. That would be Sam Davis. He played 13 seasons for the Steelers from 1967 to 1979, and he was undrafted. Number 57. So. Very good. Very good. What? Now, do you want my Go other ahead. one? Yes. You you inspired this one, Jeff, because we were talking uh -oh. about where where Arizona cut not not Arizona. It was um um the 49ers cut one of their offensive linemen. Um and I said, Oh, that's interesting. It wouldn't count towards the comp and things like that. And Jeff's like, Yeah, I, I could see that. I'm like, oh wait, he's he's like 31. That's not the kind of moves the Steelers make. And and Jeff brought up a certain Steeler that they brought in later in his career that then played a long time. And you were shocked how long he actually played in, in, in Pittsburgh. Yes. Who was that Jeff? Jeff Hardings. Yes. That he, that he played six seasons for the Steelers after he already came in, but he was 28 when he came in. The question I have, and this, this is a difficult one. What steel, what Steeler played the most seasons in Pittsburgh, but did not start their NFL career where they actually were credited with playing a game. So not like James Harrison, who started on practice squads, other places who actually played for another team and then came to the Steelers and played 
multiple seasons. And I'll even tell you, they played 13 seasons with the Steelers after starting with Ooh. another team. Jerome Bettis. Uh, he didn't play 13 seasons with the Steelers. 13 seasons. He played. How many years did he play for Pittsburgh? That's a great question, he, Brian. I could tell you. So yes. um, let me just give you the dates. He started in 96 and he left in 06, but not, did not play okay. another six seasons. So what, 10 seasons? Got it. I thought um, that. I was that thinking was it one, could though. be James Ferrier, but James Ferrier wasn't around for 13. Um, yeah. This player, wow. I'll, I'll tell you, because he, he, he played, what? Uh, what's that? Can you give us the era? You broke up for me, Brian. The era. The era. He played on two Super Bowl teams in the 70s, the first two. I'm pretty sure it was two. Might have only been one, but at least one. So he 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 started with the Steelers in '64 and finished in '76. Ray Mansfield. That would be correct. Very good. Nice. Very, Very good. good, Brian. The yeah, Ray, on Davis it. And Ray Mansfield. Wonderful job tonight. You are the you you get the trivia award. <laughs> Just like every week. Good, Brian. What's <laughs> you your get, trivia? All right. You're the super um, <laughs> This is one of those that it sounded better in my head. Now I'm I'm getting worried about it. So, okay, there's a, when you look at Steeler drafts over the last 20, 30 years, I'm looking at the fullback position. Now, you a lot of these guys come in as running back, but I'm talking about guys that traditionally played fullback um, for the Steelers. Who was the most productive drafted fullback in the last, let's say, 30 years? I have a guess, but it's probably wrong. You okay. mean for the Steelers? Yes, for the Steelers. I was going to let Jeff guess first. <laughs> I have no clue. <laughs> Frank Summers. <laughs> Frank, no, Frank Summers would count. I love that because I looked at Frank Summers. He was one of the guys that I forgot about Frank the Tank. Um, Chris Tumatu Mafala. So no, I'm counting. <laughs> I'm counting Fu as a running back, okay? Because he played more out of that tailback position. So <laughs> we're getting some um, Dan Kreider up there. He was he drafted by the Steelers then? <laughs> Dan Kreider was not drafted. He was undrafted out of New was, Hampshire. That's what I was going to say. Um, oh shoot! I should know. The one I'm thinking of, and I can't think of his name because he he would have come out. It would have been in the, I would say, whatever you would call it, mid to late 90s yep. out of Penn State. Absolutely. I keep wanting to say his name is John Williams. You're close. I, I, his but, name is John. I know because John, I, I can't remember. You know why? Because I would have competed against him in college in track and field, <laughs> but he graduated <laughs> right before I started. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, what's his name? John with a W. Yes. That's John the problem. Whitman. John Whitman. Oh, no. okay. <laughs> the Whitman. Hmm, I remember him. Because <laughs> it was John L. Williams was a different one, right? Yes. Who played yes. for Seattle, who was a pro bowler yes. in Seattle. But yes, I knew he was a, he was a Penn State um, fullback and then came in and played for the Steelers. Yes. He was a good discus thrower. And Sorry. he was drafted right after Mike Allstott. 
He was in the same mm-hmm. draft. So all start out of Purdue, who had a very good. All right. So I'll, I'll have one trivia question, and I'd like to go the more general route. You guys typically know these answers, but there might be someone listening that doesn't know it. So I thought of Javon Hargrave. If Javon Hargrave leaves, he goes to Philadelphia. Obviously, the Keystone State is a large one and <coughs> encompasses both teams. And a lot of people, and some people might not know, that at one time, the two teams, the Steelers and the Eagles, formed together and created the Steagles. My question is, what year did the Steagles actually exist? 1943. Very good. 1943. And that was because of the war that was going on. And the NFL players were, obviously, some of them were deployed. But 1943, so because of Javon Hargrave going to Philly, I kind of sparked my interest back in the Steagles. And that was only one year. And it was, I did some research on it a little bit, read some stories about that. What a crazy just switching back and forth between Philadelphia and Pittsburgh in terms of home field and just nuts. Jack. Guys, breaking news. What happened? Um, yes, I saw it. I'm just getting ready. And he Who's tweeted going to go it. Jeffrey Bryan. He tweeted it out. <clears throat> Somebody we talked about a couple weeks ago. I was going to bring yeah, it up here. Stefan Wisniewski. There's your guard center. Mm. He tweeted out, I'm coming home, and he's wearing the hat. <laughs> Jeff, we can't go with through a podcast without breaking news. <clears throat> All right, very good. Very breaking good news. news. Breaking news. What is the do they have a contract terms or anything? So uh, this I'm is, looking at he Thunder tweeted Perluso. this 10 minutes ago. Um, it does no. not, they don't have right now the financials from anyone I can find. If anyone okay. can find that in the live chat. That would be greatly appreciated because that'll save us some work. That All that's right. huge, and it's something I wanted to talk about earlier um, when we were talking about bringing another guy in, and you were talking I, about I love that guard. But it, that's a really good move. I I hated that move before new CBA because we didn't have any money, but now we have a new CBA. I love that move, and Brian, kudos to you for calling that. That was weeks ago. How many weeks ago did you say that? Two or three. Yeah, that's where good. I got in a very fight good. with on the live chat with with people I actually like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they say with what money, and that was true with what money, and then we got a new CBA, and now we're now we're better. All right, so, so go ahead. He's Brian. won Super Bowls in the last couple of years too. He's he won a Super Bowl with the Eagles. He won one last year with the Chiefs. Yeah. So coming in on those one year, two year deals, he comes in and uh, he has a history of making the Super Bowl recently. <laughs> one week before the colonoscopy. Gosh. Yeah. So, well, let, let's be let's be honest. Okay, we're going to cut this show now. Steelers preview is done. We're going to pick up with this story in the after party. So, stay with us. Dave's going to be writing. He has to cover the story for the site, and we're going to get everything together. Wrap our heads around it. We'll see you in five minutes. If you're listening in audio, the after party will be published at one p.m. Eastern time on Fridays. Make sure you check that out on your commute home or. If you're just sitting around, you can check it out then too. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll see you in a few.